Welcome back to Big Ideas, Big Moves. Uh, this is the podcast where it's a, a destination for high performers. Um, we spend a lot of time with people from different genres, different niches, um, and we make sure that we kind of draw out the things that, that everybody kind of wants to hear about and wants to be able to apply to their, to their lives. Um, we uh, have a, a, a guest today that I think will, will really be not only interesting, but uh, I think inspiring for, uh, for everybody to hear the details of, of her journey. And, and we're going to jump into that in a couple of minutes. We've got a couple of um, product things we want to make sure that, um, that we uh, highlight because people have been supporting the podcast. Um, and uh, the first one is uh, Jazz HR. So for those people that are building an organization, um, whether it's a small business, small startup, and also a medium-sized business that maybe is just trying to put some, uh, some detail around how they find people and how they uh, build their talent, um, this is a real kind of user-friendly recruitment platform that um, allows you to have uh, as many users as you'd like to it and as many applicants as you like. So it allows you to scale as your, pro- your business gets bigger and, and starts to, uh, to really take off. Um, and they also have different um, packages in, in um, how you pay for it so that that way, if you're a smaller business, They've got something that fits there as well as as you grow, it allows you to take advantage of that as well. Um, so we have on our website at www.bigideasbigmoves.com. Um, we uh, will have a code there for you. Definitely jump into that, talk to them, and, and be able to see how it might apply to your organization. Um, the other side of things is when you start to build that organization at the back end, um, Epitome HR has put together a, um, a package for um, putting together policies and processes and all those things that um, people just don't have the time to build out but you need it from a due diligence standpoint and you also just want to be able to have those processes as you get a little bit bigger Um, so uh, so there's a package there that has everything from your uh, a customizable employee handbook to recruiting tools to exit interviews at the other end of a of an employee life cycle all those things are in there it's over 20 different um, you know uh, policies and uh, and tools and things that are packaged together there um, for the price I know that's less than having a consultant come in for a day which you still wouldn't get all of that stuff done um, so um, so take a look at that that again on our website um, and you'll be able to get a uh, special price that's aligned to that too if, if it is something that you want to move ahead with um, and the other thing just before we go in is that um, you know we try to make sure that we recognize that um, you know the, the people that are listening or viewing our podcast um, we have been really happy with um, how much interaction and engagement we've had from the the guests that we've been able to bring on and, and uh, um, you know we spend a lot of time making sure they're the right kind of guests and that they are, are people that really add value to our audience um, and so uh, I'm gonna read this so that I make sure I get exactly what um, so this is from Frankie um, and this person uh, you can find uh, the information on iTunes they went on iTunes and, and gave us a rating but also left some feedback for us so um, basically Frankie said I'd, I'd like to thank Jamie for putting together these great podcasts I listened to Heather Monahan, so if you haven't listened to that episode make sure you do um, and it made me realize how easy it is to be unhappy with something or someone in life and feel like you're not able to change the situation these podcasts are a reminder that we need to force ourselves to clear any bad situation situations out and open new opportunities so so glad that it's having that impact and uh, Heather is one of those ones that um, uh, I know is doing a lot of great things right now but um, uh, if you haven't had the opportunity just kind of 
scroll back in there and, and find her episode and definitely take advantage of it. Um, so today's guest is, is um, I think, embodies what we've been really trying to do over the last little while. Um, and the ideals of um, high performance and high performance, not just in one area of life across kind of a, a spectrum and kind of living that full life. Um, Jill Bunny has a unique story. She's a, a functional uh, nutritionist. She's been an elite trainer, life coach, fitness competitor. She's CEO of her own fitness company. Um, she's been featured in Strong Magazine, um, Inside Fitness, uh, Muscle Insider, Men's Health, a whole bunch of different things there. And she's an author, was a top-ranked IFBB competitor, um, two Arnold and Olympian titles, um, from what I understand as well, um, and, uh, and now has also kind of moved into, and that's some of the story that we're going to talk about today, is also a, an MS and cancer fighter. So, um, so a lot of things in, in, a, uh, in her lifetime that I think she can really share some, some great stuff with us. So, so Jill, thanks for, for joining us and uh, really appreciate it. I know you're in warm weather, we talked about before, but then you kind of <laughs> jumped back and, and you're actually not too far from us today, I guess. Not, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, so, I, I mean, you've, you've had a real varied career already. Um, you know, can you, can you work us back? Why don't we kind of head back a little bit and, and just um, when you really got into to kind of fitness and, and um, started kind of looking at wanted, what you wanted to do from a physical health standpoint, where did, where did that come from? Yeah, so I've always been into health and fitness. I started as a volleyball player in my young years, which then led me to study kinesiology at university and that was the perfect segue for me to be a group exercise instructor so i taught spin class aerobics you name it that was my jam yeah and i did that in england and when i was 25 years old i was married for 18 months very very young and unfortunately it didn't work out so that led me to move back and i needed to basically start my life over again start my business and figure yeah. out where i was going to go I took a magazine out by the lake and I started looking at the beautiful, strong women that were in the magazine and I said I wanted to be one of those girls. And I put my work in and decided that I was going to do a fitness competition, which kind of segued me into becoming, like you said, an Arnold champion, Olympia champion. So that kind of yeah. started my realm in fitness back in Canada. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, um, I guess, coming back and starting over again. I, I, from what I understand, you had some challenges there and, and kind of mm -hmm. that some of that may have, have prompted a little more about kind of why you wanted to change your, your own lifestyle and what you were doing. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So when I came back, being 25 years old, mm -hmm. most of the time when you're rejected and you're not loved by somebody else, you feel like you need to have validation and be accepted yeah. by other people. And at that age, it usually comes from the physical. So at that point, I thought if I was a competitor and I could be in magazines and be on the covers, then I would be beautiful enough to either show him up that, you know, he made a big mistake yeah. or that, you know, <laughs> I could find somebody else and that I am, am lovable. So it started on the outside and worked its way on the inside now. But that's kind of where my journey began. Yeah. And, and I think you had a, a relationship with your father as well that I think, you know, he helped kind of push that along from what I understand as well. Right. He did. You know, it's it's hard when you watch your parents have eyes of disappointment yeah. and looking at his face, daughter just absolutely, you know, not having a clue where she wanted to go. No respect for her body. 
yeah. it uh, it woke me up, and I last thing I wanted was to see my my father's eyes of disappointment. So that always kind of pushed me to keep going, and uh, yeah. definitely wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. Well, and and it's I, I think that's what's interesting about what you what you do is that you've kind of combined that um, you know not just the physical but with more kind of the the mental side of, of things mm-hmm. as well and um, and I know that's something you've kind of tackled as well as is is that where some of that is rooted from? I would say from a standpoint of being an athlete, definitely mm-hmm. there's a mental component. Yeah, and my dad's a teacher, and he's always mm-hmm. been very. Uh, influential when it comes to to mindset and focus yeah and as an athlete we always think physically or as a competitor it's physical 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 but in order to obtain our goals whatever it is there has to be that mental component in order for us to succeed and stick to whatever it is yeah so now as a, as a trainer I focus heavily on cognitive behavioral therapy because we really need to see the connection between our thoughts our feelings to in order to get the behavior that we're after and since applying that to my business and my clients, I've seen astronomical results. And even myself going through cancer and MS, which I assume we'll talk about, yeah. I couldn't physically push myself through that. It had to come from a mental standpoint and giving myself compassion. And yeah. learning that has definitely opened up so many doors and many doors of happiness. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's kind of delve into that a little bit. When mm-hmm. you, I mean, you uh, you came back. You've you've kind of turned yourself into this kind of strong athlete. Tell us a little bit about that. And it sounded like you know you were really progressing in in from an uh, from a sport perspective that way. And then you know obviously mm-hmm. some some obstacles jumped out. So why don't, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I competed for I would say five years and had multiple covers had a lot of national titles, IFBB titles, and, and honestly, it was it was an amazing time. Met some great people, but it also is very, I wouldn't say fake, but it's not a reality that you can live day in and day out. Yeah. And the stress that's involved in order to keep at the top was something that, well, oh, it took a, took a number for my confidence. Yeah. And when I was competing during the end of it, I started to notice that it was a lot more difficult for me to get the results that I was after. Yeah. And I just thought, this is normal. You got to push yourself so hard. You know, this is what it takes to be at the top. And then when you start to talk to other competitors that are just at the same level as you and they have energy to go out at night, they're yeah. smiling, they're having a great time. I thought something doesn't seem right. And I started to notice mobility issues. My eyesight started to go in extreme fatigue. And it was actually more of my eyes had this weird film on them and it just looked like I was in a fog. So I thought it was my contacts. So I ended up going through two boxes yep. <laughs> before I went to the eye doctor and said, listen, like there's something wrong with these boxes. Um, I can't keep opening up packages. Not, there's something wrong. Yeah. And they did some testing. They said, okay, now go here. So you're going to multiple different specialists. And I got that diagnosis with MS and made a lot of sense, kept pushing for one last show. And I knew at the Arnold that I'll try to attain my title one more time. And that was it, that yeah. I needed to get to grips with my health. And if I wanted a long life, this was definitely not the road that I could continue to go down. So for so a lot retired. of people, that could be really devastating. How how it did was. you handle that emotionally when, you know, you're probably at that, that highest level yeah. and that happens? I mean, that must have been a real kind of You, you know, know what? I, I honestly wasn't even ready 
to to accept it. So when I got the the MS diagnosis, I literally thought, yeah, okay, I'm not ready to digest this, and I went and worked out. So I just wasn't ready to accept my feet. Did my last show and thought, okay, you know what, I'll retire. In my head, I didn't think I was going to. I was just going to take a little bit of a break yeah. and just connect with my husband and just kind of really work on my business side rather than just being the athlete. I wanted to dive into different um, avenues. And two months after I retired, I then got the diagnosis with thyroid cancer. So that was probably the lowest point in my life. Mm -hmm. But in a way, it distracted me from not being an athlete, which I've been since I was six years old. Yeah. So I'd say in 2016, that was the hardest part I've ever had to go through. And it wasn't just the diagnosis. It was like many women that might be listening to this podcast, yeah. going thyroid removal and then having your hormones go absolutely AWOL. Yeah. It was very difficult to understand my thoughts and what was realistic, which, which again is why I went into CBT because I really need to understand the way I was thinking if I was going to live with this brain the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, I mean, you were talking about going through that, like that six months or whatever it happens to be mm -hmm. when, when things are just going crazy in, in your body that way as well. Yeah. And, and when you've spent so much time on your physical piece, it's probably that much more impactful, I would assume. Mm -hmm. It was at that point when I was going through my, my cancer treatment, I put on about 40 pounds and I was eating very clean. I was resting and doing as much workout as I could. Yeah. So for the first time, I started to understand when I trained women, they said, I'm doing everything. I'm not getting the results. Yeah. For once, I, I understood that. So yeah. that part, I, I really appreciate going through that whole thing. So that compassion part. And it led me down the road to really understanding our thoughts because I physically could not beat this. It was, it was a mental game because I needed time in order for my body to heal. Yeah. And do you feel now um, that you've gone through that process and, and thank goodness that's, that's a positive part of the process, yeah. I guess, um, that, you know, is, is that something that allows you to connect a lot better with your, with your clients and be able to add more value? 100%. You yeah. know, a lot of trainers when we're younger, we're focusing on the physical. We, mm -hmm. we say, okay, you eat and you're going to train this way and, and go and do it. Yet. I couldn't understand for 10, 15 years why certain people just couldn't follow a diet. You think it's so simple, but yeah. if it's so simple, everyone would do it. So I started to realize there's a missing component in the fitness world and it was understanding the way that we think. And as trainers, we're never ever taught this yet. We're supposed to be able to have that magic answer yeah. and being able to sit back, not be judgmental, allow people to reflect and come up to their own conclusions has been a big game changer for my business and also my happiness and how I connect with my clients where, you know, sometimes it just starts to weigh down on you when you can't get the client to get the results. Yeah. But now I feel that I have an answer that, that can help a lot of women and it's, yeah. uh, it grows my confidence and I wake up every day with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so walk us through a little bit. How would you, because in, I would assume most of the time, if I asked that question to, um, uh, to other trainers or to other people that are doing that, they, they talk very 
tangibly about, you know, here's, here's the end goal. And it happens to be that we're going to get to, you know, where we're going to work at this many times a week, we're going to do that. Like there are A, B and C kind of goals to get there. And, yeah. and the goals part is really important, but, but what are some of the things that you do differently knowing that different kind of way that you tackle it as well? So obviously when someone comes to a trainer, they know they're going to get a food plan. They yeah. know they're going to get a training right. plan. That That's just part of it. Yeah. So when I work with my clients, I say, okay, can you do the task, which is the food plan and training plan? Well, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to write this down. This is a priority. It's just something we're going to do just like brushing your teeth. But what we're going to do is focus on what you're passionate about. What's your purpose? Or what are you struggling with in your day to day that you find overwhelming? And if we can focus on those things, the focus on food or what I'm not being able to have or this is going to be a hard training session. All those unhelpful thoughts become less and we start focusing on what really matters and we're going to eat food regardless. And if we can start to teach it as a task, it's something that I just have to do, but I'm focusing on this bigger picture. That distraction technique works very well. And it's just like little kids. If somebody has, has a, a little child and they you know fall on their knee and there's a scrape, the last thing we're going to do is poke at the, at the scar continuously and yeah. say, does this hurt? Does this hurt? You're going to distract them. So that's the same thing we want to do when we're doing a fitness transformation is distract ourselves from the things that are sabotaging us and focus on those big pictures and those dreams. So at the start, I talked through all mm -hmm. the different things that, that you're currently doing and that you've done. I mean, there's, yep. a, there's a huge list of things. Um, <laughs> you know, how, where do you find the energy to be able to do that? And how do you find the the balance in being able to do that when you look at you've been an author and you've uh, you yeah. you're obviously doing lots of things from a fitness perspective so how do you how do you balance those things i as a woman we yeah. usually have a never-ending to-do list and i had yeah. that for the longest time yeah. and and honestly i never felt fulfilled so all those credentials and all those accomplishments we talked it sounds great, but I never had that aha moment that, oh, this is amazing and soaking it in. I'll be honest, it was yeah. what's next, what's next. Yeah. And until going through my own health scare, I started to really sit back and say, wow, you know what, that was a great accomplishment. And if you were present, you would have felt a lot better. So now I, instead of writing a to-do list that never ends, Every day I have a three column list and it's a top priority where I write three things that I have to do that day. Bonus list where that'd be great if I get to it. I never do anymore. And a drop and delegate where there's certain things that I just can't do or somebody else can. Mm -hmm. And that's my list for the day. Instead of having this list that never ends and you're crossing stuff off and putting stuff on, you never feel like you get anywhere. Yeah. And by just doing that simply every day has been a big game changer in seeing every day, yeah, you did do something and it's not that monotonous, ugh, okay, what next? So yeah. that has really helped. And honestly, just turning my phone off yeah. at six o'clock every night is my balance because if you're constantly on, you don't give yourself that relaxation and, and honestly, being with my husband is important. Yeah. And the last thing I ever want is for me to be on my phone and heaven forbid something happens to him the next day. And my last memory was me fiddling on Instagram or, you know, Facebook rather than being with the most important person in my life. Yeah. And does it, does it still stay in the back of your head? I mean, when you have MS, that is something mm -hmm. where, you know, that's, it's obviously, I mean, you're, you're doing all of the things you can, but it is something yep. where, it, you know, it, it may kind of, 
um, yep. come out in different ways. So uh, how yes. does that weigh on your mind and how much maybe does it also push for you to do mm-hmm. those things you just talked about? It's exactly what you said. Sometimes it's can be debilitating in my head thinking, oh no, what, what can happen? Yeah. But I also can't fortune tell. I can't mind read, so I can't look into the future. Mm-hmm. But I also see what am I able to do right now and also, what am I able to do in my business that can help should things start to to go the wrong way? Yeah. And me being a fitness trainer before and known for physicality and, and workouts, in five years, I might not be able to. And, you know, just luck has it. I found CBT. I found things that work for me and what I was struggling with, which now I look at from a business standpoint, if I'm in a wheelchair or unable to work, I have my mind and I can use that. So that's yeah. been been the big push. And I also realized that there might be that time where I can't do things. And I want to look back without regret and realizing that, you know what, I did the best that I could. Yeah, it's, it's pretty courageous. I mean, I, I would say like if I, I, I do think there, there's probably a lot of, of uh, women and men um, that are, are listening to this and thinking, um, you know, it's maybe difficult to make certain decisions in their life, whether it's, you know, OK, I'm should I. Should I move this role because I really want to do something different or I feel stuck? Um, how do you tap into that kind of, you know, if, if you were going to tell them how to, uh, you know, where to find the courage to do some of those things, is, is there something you'd say to them? So obviously I've opened up multiple different businesses, but yeah. I never close the door completely. So we hear people say, you know, just go for it, go 100% yeah. in. Some people can. I also say, what is your basic needs? So Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need to make sure that you're, you have food, you have water, you have shelter. Yeah. So the basic needs need to be met. So that might be that you need to stick with your full-time job. And then you're having a part-time job on the side. Or it could be something passionate that you're about. But I always say that you need to make sure that you can feel comfortable with the, where you're living right now mm-hmm. and start working on what you love work on maybe a new business venture and as you're doing that things start to switch and you might be able to go to part-time you might be able to do three days but i don't believe in that all or nothing mentality that you might just flip the switch and just yeah. go for it i'm uh, i'm cautious yeah. and i like to seek things out and take things with time yeah. and patience and i find that things work out well but it also opens up many doors where you think you're going to start one way and then you end up completely different. But it was all those little stepping stones along the way that allowed you to yeah. get there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, um, I mean, I would share that. That's the one um, piece that I think is is missing in a lot of what people are saying nowadays about just, just jump in, go, and, and, you know, it might be different at certain stages in your life and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But, um, but that whole idea of being... Um, a little more diversified in either how you plan, but also other opportunities come up. I, th- I think you're right. If you want to yeah. write a book, write a book. That's something you can do on the side and you can figure out where that takes you as you go along. And uh, um, I think there's a lot of messaging that's just uh, um, very much the other way of just kind of leap in. And, and the reality is for a lot of people, that's that's not as easy. And, and how do you start to think through what you want to do and, and be more intentional about it, I guess. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and speaking of kind of intentional, it was interesting. I just did, um, uh, an interview recently with, um, Chester Elton. He's, he's a person who talks about recognition and, and things like that. And, um, and the one thing I noticed he really does is, um, he is very kind of, um, authentic and in the time with people. So he, he gets to know you very quickly. He does make 
that kind of <laughs> connection. Um, and I'm just wondering how um, how do you do that with with your clients? I mean, you've got a variety of ways of being able to service your client. How do you how do you really get to know them enough to be able to to help direct them on things that are, are really important in their lives? I I pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm old school. I yeah. either meet them for a coffee if they're local, um, pick up the phone, have conversations. A lot of my check-ins are one-to-one on the phone, using CBT skills, talking through the obstacles and setting up the next week, or doing a Zoom call. Like we're face-to-face doing this podcast that yeah. technology today, even though I'm a in-person, not so tech-driven Yep. There are systems in place where we can make that connection where we couldn't do that 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Great. And um, if you were to, you know, if you're, if you're talking to those people that might be your, might be your clients in the next little bit, um, what are two or three things? If someone's thinking, okay, I, I want to make a change in my life, whether it's, um, whether it's physical or whether it's kind of my mm-hmm. kind of whole life kind of change, are there two or three things that you would recommend? You know what, like if you were going to take an action today, what are a couple of things to do? What, what would you say? I'll give you two of my favorite things. Okay. So one, regardless of whatever your goal is, sometimes we write it down and we forget about it. Yeah. So write down your goal, but also add all the benefits or the advantages for you sticking to that goal. So for some people, it might be my goal is to lose five pounds. So what we want to do is look at the advantages or benefits in your life for you losing those five pounds. So it could be, I'll be able to run up the stairs quicker for my kids. I'll have more energy. I'll have more confidence or I'll fit into my wedding dress. And if we're able to focus on those, it's going to be easier to stick to our plan throughout the day. And I would even take it a step further and read those advantages the first thing when you wake up. You know, half the time we pull out our phone, we're looking at emails, checking our social media, and uh, it really sometimes doesn't set up our day very well. So yeah. I say if you can, first thing, wake up and read the advantages to your goal, you're imprinting that in your brain in a positive manner. And the second one I would say is build your credit list. So I teach a lot of my clients to write down one or two things. They can get a jar, put it on a cue card, write two, one, two, three things, whatever, whatever happened in the day that you give yourself credit for. So things that were hard, things that were difficult, but you did it anyway, you give yourself credit for it. Because oftentimes we have this goal and it's a long-term goal and we get demotivated because you know it's taking so long. Yeah. But if we look in our day-to-day, we can see that we're making those steps, but we just don't recognize it. So I've had a client say, I didn't, I didn't do anything well today. I'm like, okay, well, describe your day. Well, I had breakfast. I said, <laughs> well, are you gonna give yourself credit for breakfast? No. I said, well, why not? Have you done it before? No, I haven't done it in three months. I said, well, that, that's something you might be able to give yourself credit for. I should be able to do that. I said, but you haven't, and you did today. So should you give yourself credit? Yes. So those things make such a huge difference, and it uh, only takes about you know, 15, 20 seconds to do so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll bring you back to it. There was uh, another session we just had recently where they t- called it the gratitude gap where people kind of forget oh. to, whether it's it's for themselves or for others. And there's this this big gap you have to fill and that it's okay to continuously think about how do I give gratitude either to myself or other people. So um, yeah, so kind of a, a cool kind of link there. Um, last piece is that if you, if you can think of, um, so a, a person that you, um, and 
in your experience, and it could be anybody, that you think ha- does a really good job of being able to, um, when I say high performance, it's, it's thinking where they've, they've kind of been able to do things really well in, in different facets of their life. Do you have somebody that comes to mind right away that you think, wow, you know, they've got it together in A, B, and C. It's not, um, you know, and, and um, you know, I'm sure you see tons of people. So uh, do you have anything that kind of jumps out at you? You know, funny enough, I don't have one specific person because we all have our struggles and obstacles and I don't think there's anybody that has it all together all the time. They might show it, but they've got their weaknesses. But what I like to do is just build my network. So I like to have five or six people that are part of my life and there's probably things that I need help on and they're my support system. So I usually say if you can build, you know, five people, build a tree and you know pick parts that you need that's going to help you more than focusing on one person and why do they have it all together because i guarantee they don't yeah yeah. so i just try to keep all avenues open and get the things i need from multiple different people and you can't rely on one i I always say you know rely on one person to to get a call or you're you're struggling and they don't answer because they're busy you get upset but if you have a list of five people it's a little bit easier and uh, anyone listening Honestly, even myself, I don't have it all together. I don't think any yeah. human being does. And being authentic and being vulnerable and sharing that, I think, is is very powerful. And, you know, the next time maybe you're struggling, reaching out and sharing to somebody, I think they would appreciate it too. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like building a team. They always tell you, don't, don't hire a bunch of people that are the same as you. It's the same thing in kind of your own relationships. Everybody has different yes. strengths or things that at that time in their life are, are going well and things that aren't and uh, yep. having it's, that uh, connection. You're so good. right to, to find, find people. And I know as a business owner, when I was younger, we constantly go to people that we know, whether it's family yeah. or friends, yet they don't run a business. Yeah, we're asking them for business help or yeah. we just want them to agree with what we're doing, which is not helping. So I usually say find the people that are experts that they might be able to know somebody that might be a little bit lower level if you can't afford it. But there are tons of people out here to help you you just have to be willing to ask yeah well that's that's fantastic i i I really appreciate kind of um the the information you've given today um one thing is uh do you want to kind of talk about a little bit about if people are thinking of you know they're they want to find out more information about you and and uh how to to get in touch with your company do you want to give us an overview there so I run two companies. One's mm-hmm. Fit Bunny's Fitness, so that's one-to-one training with women. So you can go online and type in jillbunny.com, and that will take you to the website where you can look at online programs or one-to-one coaching. And then I have the CBT Meets Fitness, which is the company that was created two years ago, and we're focusing on health and fitness professionals building a certification program so that other trainers can learn CBT skills for not only themselves and their mental health, but also be able to help their clients. So that's Great. kicking off in September 2020, which I am super excited about. Yeah. But if you check out the website, there's a free download for my book that I just uh, launched, which is on Amazon. So you get the downloadable PDF version and some blogs and stuff so you can learn a little bit more about CBT. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we uh, put the link on our website as well so that people uh, can find their way there as, as quickly as possible. Fantastic. So um, so again, uh, thank you very much. If, if For anybody else, um, if you haven't kind of checked that as well, 
um, you know, take a look at the website. Um, and uh, on um, iTunes or whatever platform you're on or whether it's on YouTube, make sure you uh, subscribe on there so that that way you see more content like this. Um, and uh, give us not just a, uh, not just the rating, give us uh, a review. Let us know kind of what you thought about today and, uh, and we'll try to get you uh, read on one of the, uh, the other episodes as we go along. And then that way we can, we can feed back uh, to Jill as well and, and from everybody here. So again, thank you very much. And, um, you know, visit www.bigideabigmoves.com. Sign up for the newsletter. We'll get you information out there or take a look and uh, we'll put those links up on the website as well. So uh, again, thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you next time on Big Ideas, Big Moves. Big Ideas, Big Moves.